12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time to talk about what's happening over in Australia. Crazy to say the least how the COVID-19 situation has played out. Jason Dacey, ABC journalist, joins me on the line all the way from Brisbane. Jason, always glad to talk to you and happy to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good, Adrian. I'm quite grateful to be here in Queensland because not only do we have beautiful winter sunny weather, we're also very much uh, away from all the action when it comes to coronavirus and the Delta variant happening in my hometown of Sydney. Yeah, Jason, we talked about this COVID-19 situation almost getting out of control, the slow vaccination rates, and now Sydney's lockdown could last maybe another month or so is the latest what we're hearing. What more can you tell me about Sydney and the latest restrictions that are in place right now? Well, of course, uh, the restrictions were put in place about a month ago, and I was actually about to travel down to, to Sydney with my family for a road trip, and everyone heard what was happening with the Delta variant going crazy within uh, the Sydney area. July the 31st is when the current restrictions are due to end, but it does seem that we are going to see very, very tight restrictions and a lockdown lasting at least another month. There are predictions that could go until September. But uh, the Premier Gladys Berejiklian has uh, come out and said we're not decided on that yet. But every day we're getting close to 200 cases from the Delta variant within the Sydney area. You know, we've seen more than 10 deaths uh, from the latest outbreak. And, you know, we've got more than 40 people in the ICU in, in Sydney hospitals. So it is a very, very distressing situation for anyone in the greater Sydney area. And in fact, in the whole state of New South Wales, because we are seeing you know, certain rural and regional areas affected by the Delta variant, which hasn't been handled well. Yeah, it certainly hasn't. We've already mentioned the slow vaccination rate. And, you know, just uh, on the back of the Delta variant and how everything else is going, as we've seen around the world, there are usually anti-lockdown protests and riots. And, you know, more than 55 people have been arrested. Take this, including two men punching a police horse. 90 infringement notices. Ridiculous, to say the least. Oh, it was absolutely terrible. That was last weekend. There are actually protests uh, for the coming weekend as well. We saw about 57 people charged uh, over a demonstration in the city of Sydney. They marched from near Sydney University. It was about three and a half thousand people without masks. And they were chanting, you know, anti-vaccine slogans. And of course, this was because of their frustration of being locked down, if you like. 57 people arrested and 90 infringement notices issued over the protest, but literally hundreds of phone calls into police uh, report lines uh, saying, I saw my friend in the protest or I saw my family member. And we also saw a protest in Melbourne. But the good news about Melbourne and Adelaide is that the lockdowns have been lifted in those two cities. But this uh, punching of a police horse, we saw a 33-year-old man and a 36-year-old man charged with uh, committing an act of cruelty upon an animal and failing to comply with public health orders. It was a shocking scene caught on video. We also saw journalists hassled by the crowd because they seem to be, uh, you know, lumped in with this, uh, talking about vaccine measures and all that. It really is a distressing scene. And the Premier of New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian, said she was utterly disgusted 
by those who had shown utter contempt for their fellow citizens. And uh, yeah, police are getting quite tough on uh, people doing this. I think the last time I heard a man punch a horse was when Newcastle, I think they were playing Sunderland in the derby and one of the Newcastle fans punched a horse and I just thought, disgusting. Terrible, yes, terrible to punch a horse. Animals are involved. It seems to be even worse than punching people. Of course, yeah, because animals are pure, to say the least. Well, a horse is anyway. But let's talk about the vaccination drive, uh, the Pfizer dose in particular. What are some of the people saying about the doses going to New South Wales instead of some of the other states? Well, New South Wales is where we are seeing the worst of the Delta variant. You know, and the WA Premier, Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan, has questioned that an extra 50,000 Pfizer doses are being supplied to New South Wales, saying that if there are any spares, they should be given to all states. You know, Perth is a, a city that's uh, the closest of all Australia's capital cities to Singapore. And WA has had its own challenges with coronavirus. Uh, but talking about the Pfizer vaccine, you know, the uh, Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, has actually ordered 85 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine for next year and 2023. And he's kind of gambling here because he's saying that they may need a, an extra booster shot. This is uh, because we have this oversupply of AstraZeneca. We are seeing different messages, Adrian, you know, from health authorities here. At first, they said no one under the age of 60 should receive AstraZeneca due to the slight risk of uh, blood clots. But now, given how bad things are in Sydney, and we also saw the outbreak in Melbourne, they're saying anybody should just go and grab AstraZeneca. So it's a complete turnaround and it's confused people here. And when we look at the national vaccine rollout, 13.07% of Australians have been fully vaccinated, while only 30.57% have received their first dose. So there is this vaccine hesitancy that continues around Australia. And uh, until we have more people vaccinated, we're going to be in this situation where there will be little breaches in hotel quarantine, returning international travellers. And, you know, we get in situations where there is a health crisis, whether it's in Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth, or where I am in Brisbane. Jason, as an Australian national, this slow vaccination drive, does it not surprise you anymore the rate it's going right now? Well, we spoke about this before, Adrian, because uh, we've certainly sped things up. But the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and many other federal uh, politicians were saying, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Take your time getting the vaccine. And this is on tape. We can see it from a few weeks ago. And that's why we're in the situation that we're in now, because he didn't want people to rush and go and get vaccines because we didn't have that uh, greater supply. Uh, so you've got to point the finger at the federal government because we are trailing the world when it comes to our vaccine rollout. And um, until people get shots in arms, uh, we're going to be in this situation where we just don't know what's going to happen. And this has got a massive effect, Adrian, on the Australian economy. We were doing so well, but New South Wales is roughly a third of the national economy. Victoria is about a quarter, and both these states have had really tough lockdowns over the past few months, which has affected uh, the GDP, it's affected um, jobs, and, uh, you know, how long will businesses last? There's a prediction that 25% of all businesses in Australia will go out of business uh, by the end of the year unless things improve when it comes to lockdown. So that's why premiers and the prime minister have a very, very tough decision to make about what to do when there are these outbreaks, how much you should lock down 
and how business is affected. Yeah, the economic landscape, as you mentioned, there has dramatically changed as a result of this Delta outbreak more recently. We're in conversation with ABC journalist Jason Dacey. Jason, away from the COVID-19 situation in Australia, Sydney and Melbourne have been in the news. Uh, property prices set to soar 20% this year. Tell me a little bit more about this. Yes, we've spoken about the rising real estate prices across Australia in regional areas where people are kind of moving to get a better lifestyle due to the coronavirus threat. But Sydney and Melbourne, the two biggest cities of Australia, are likely to see a 20% rise by the end of the year. That's according to the National Australia Bank. And uh, they're actually saying that Sydney home prices are already up 21.6% this year. And the median dwelling price is up by more than $220,000. That's for the average house. And of course, the Singapore dollar and the Australian dollar are very, very similar. So it is a bit of a strange uh, dichotomy because we are having some stress on the, you know, the, the output when it comes to our economy due to coronavirus restrictions. But there is a lack of supply within the, the real estate uh, sector here, the commercial and residential real estate. And that's driving this growth. And we are seeing house signs for sale going up, you know, at the start of the week, and they're coming down by the end of the week, because that's how quickly things are going. And, uh, you know, it really does kind of, I guess, contradict the predictions that we had last year about the Australian property market that they it could decline by up to 30%. It's done the exact opposite. So, uh, you know, it is an interesting picture. And I guess Australians uh, love owning their own home, a bit like Singaporeans who also own homes, but more uh, the HDBs rather than landed properties. Yeah, they will certainly be smiling all the way to the bank. Jason, of course, the Olympics are well and truly underway in Tokyo, the Summer Olympic Games after being postponed by a year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But well, the next topic will make you quite happy, actually, because we discussed this on the show a few months ago. Brisbane, you know, being awarded the rights to host the 2032 Summer Olympics following Paris in 2024 and Los Angeles in 2028. How does this make you feel as a native of Brisbane? Yeah, Brisbane is my adopted hometown now. I grew up in Sydney, but I did cover, you know, early on in my journalistic career. A lot of you listeners will know that I used to be a sports reporter and broadcaster. I covered the 1982 Commonwealth Games in Brisbane all those years ago, and that gave Brisbane the taste of hosting big sporting events. So it did bid for the Olympics for 1992, and that went to Barcelona, you'll remember. So uh, they tried again, and they got success by getting the rights to host the 2032 Summer Olympics. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk traveled to Tokyo, and the decision was made just before the Tokyo Games began. And it was a bit of a joke, really, because Brisbane had already been given the preferred status uh, for the Games. So we all knew that unless something really strange went on, Brisbane would be awarded it. So it was a bit like ready, set, and you've won, you know, rather than go do the 100 metres race. So, uh, you know, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, was watching as Brisbane got 72 out of the 77 eligible votes from IOC members. And that means that uh, Australia becomes uh, only the second country in the world after the United States to stage Summer Olympic Games in three different cities. Melbourne in 1956, Sydney, my hometown in 2000, and Brisbane in 2032. And several other candidates had shown interest in staging the 2032 games, including Hungary's capital Budapest and Qatar's Doha. Incredible news for you, especially, as you mentioned there, the last time the Olympics, the Summer Olympic Games were in Australia, Sydney, 
2000. Jason, just before I let you go, you've got an interesting story about cycling with the family on Brisbane's river bike route, you know, catching Brisbane's famous city cat. Now, this seems quite interesting. Tell me more. Yeah, we're so grateful uh, here in Brisbane and southeast Queensland to still have a really good quality of life. My friend Natalie Dow, who's the uh, Sport SG ambassador, you know, she's based in Singapore. She's a Queensland girl. She came back down to um, Australia and went through two weeks of hotel quarantine in Brisbane just so she could see her family on the Gold Coast. So as I speak, she's enjoying the high life on the Gold Coast. So what I like to do with my family is get on the Brisbane River Loop. So Brisbane is on is not on the coast like the Gold Coast. Gold Coast is a, an hour away. The Sunshine Coast is about an hour and 15 minutes away. So but we have the river here and uh, it's beautifully set up, a bit like Singapore has been set up with the bikeways there. You know, Adrian, you'll remember that I used to you know cycle a lot along East Coast and go down to Shenton Way and up to Changi Village and back. But here in Brisbane, you can get down to the river and there's this 30 kilometer bike route that you can follow along the river and you're looking at little suburbs and cafes and if you want to get across the other side of the river you can get across via one of the bridges but what we do we, where we live in the inner east of brisbane we actually go down to the um, city cat which is like a fast ferry and we get the city cat over the other side of the river to the lovely new farm area where you've got the jacaranda trees and the cafes and kids playgrounds and we cycle down there uh so i can really recommend it to any singapore listener once the international borders are open again to maybe come down to the gold coast and enjoy the sunshine coast but also come to brisbane and get on a bike and just cycle in this perfect winter weather not as humid as singapore and enjoy the lovely view i guess if we all had just one wish this year will be for international borders to open in a safe and controlled manner and that we'll be able to live our lives almost like we did a few years ago. We've been in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC journalist, of course, providing the latest news from Down Under. Jason, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Good to speak to you, Adrian, and wish uh, all my Singapore friends all the best as uh, we try and get through this difficult time. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.